0: This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan number 32 with the David Guy. Contact Tech Fan at feedback at mymac.com or call 1-801-938-5559. I guess I ought to explain what the David guy is, (laughs) right? I'm the David guy. You are the David guy. My oldest daughter, who's uh, 16, she had a concert last night. She's in choir and she had a solo and she didn't tell me she had a solo till the day before. And I was actually in Chicago uh, when she told me and I was supposed to be in Chicago all day the day she had her solo. So I had to come home early because I'm a dad and I want to see her solo, you know. Yeah, you gotta do these things. And so, one of the things that Rachel and I had been talking about for a little while was uh, she's really into um, kind of BBC America. She watches that a lot. Yeah, uh, she she's a massive Harry Potter fan. English accents, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. She is way into Doctor Who right now. I got her a couple of Tardis things for her birthday when she turned sixteen. So, yeah. you know, the whole lure of England is big for her right now. So I had made the suggestion that we could probably, after she graduates from high school next year, we can, just the two of us, go to England for, you know, a couple of days, see the uh-huh. sights. And uh, I didn't know she was really into it. Well, she asked me again about it last night, and she said, y- you have a friend in, in uh, England, right? And I said, yeah, uh, it- David you know and she says that, the, I said I do a show every week with a guy in England <laughs> yeah. and she says oh yeah the David guy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so now you're the David guy I thought that was funny I, 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 couldn't, uh, I couldn't think of a finer name so David the David guy What's going on in tech world right now? I mean, it's kind of a slow time because, you know, summer's getting ready to, well, at least spring is here now. Summer's looming around the corner. Generally speaking, tech kind of slows down in the summer. A lot of people are spending more time outside. and
1: Yeah. In fact, in fact I commented to you the other day about, you know, um, the, the posting rate on some of the websites was down a bit. Yes. Uh, including oh, mymag.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can tell you can tell that the summer slowdown is coming because the internet crazy seems to have turned up a notch the last couple of weeks.
0: Well, um, you just hear the crazies. <laughs> the sane people are outside mowing their lawn for the second time of the year, and you know that that sort of thing here in the states. And yeah, just the but, but also are left
1: by themselves. But some of the stories that you're seeing kind of thrown around the internet, this speculation and and. The, the rumor stuff really seems to uh, be going on an awful lot, I and mean, it's, it's really boring. Yep, absolutely.
0: Uh, one of the things I didn't want to – two things I want to talk about that I'm using with my home iMac, which isn't really my primary computer most of the time. Most of the time I'm using my MacBook Pro for work, and, you know, I've got my VPN set up on that machine, and actually I got it set up on the iMac too, I forgot. <laughs> But I I don't have a lot of the programs that I need, like our uh, point-of-sale system and stuff like that. That's not set up on my home iMac. It's set up on my notebook. So if I want to do any kind of work from home, I have to break out the MacBook Pro and do it that way, in, and then I can log into our database and all that fun stuff. Well, I got two things just recently for my home iMac that when I'm on the road, when I'm in Chicago, I really, really miss. The first thing is kind of a simple thing, David.
1: It, you, I don't know. Do you use the Magic Mouse? Oh, I've only just started using it. I, I bought a Refurb iMac just a couple of weeks ago, and it came with one. So I'm I'm trying it out, seeing how I'm getting on with that. It feels a bit odd to me, but um, I'm, I'm trying to persevere. It, it, it's very slim. Um, yeah, that's I, the thing. It feels very low on the desk under your hand. But once you get used to it,
0: though, I, I really like the scrollability. I hated the little nub. That was on the last Apple mouse. But this one, the whole Surface is basically you can scroll. That's right. Uh, You can pinch, you can zoom, you can rotate. You can do all these neat little gestures with the Magic Mouse that you can do with the trackpad. Not all the same gestures, but for the most part, they're all pretty much there. And as great as those features are, it took me a while, like you, to get used to this mouse. But I'm completely used to it now. Mm -hmm. And...
1: I found out that it likes batteries a lot. <laughs> uh, see, see, mine, mine's still on the, on the original set, but I've only had it a couple of weeks. So.
0: I've had uh, mine for maybe six months now, maybe a little bit longer, give or take. About, now about six months. And I've gone through three batteries already, which... Wow. Three sets of batteries, which isn't, you know, huge, I guess. And we grew up in the 80s where, you know, we would listen to our Walkman for one day and we'd have to switch batteries. Yeah, So so batteries every two months really isn't that big of a deal, I don't think. Um, but it's still one of those things that your mouse stops working and you realize you don't have any more AA batteries.
1: And not only that, it's just, you know, as I've gotten older, I've kind of come to realize that batteries are really big, heavy, dense things. And to just use them up and throw them away just doesn't seem right. I totally agree. So this is kind of a neat project, or a
0: product... It's called the Magic Charger, and it's from Moby Technology, M-O-B-E-E, technology.com. If you go up there, you'll find a link to the Magic Charger. Basically, what this thing does, um, it's two pieces. You remove the batteries in the bottom plate from your, your mouse, and you slide in this rechargeable battery, and it locks in. And if you look underneath, it looks exactly the way your old one did, except for it says Moby on it now. Right. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is a little charging station that you plug into a USB port. So when you're not using your mouse, you pick it up and you put it on this tiny little charging station, which kind of looks like the base of your mouse. I mean, it just sits there. And as soon as you put it on there, it starts conductively charging
1: your batteries. But there's, there's no actual uh, metal contacts. It's actually None. doing it it's doing it wirelessly wirelessly
0: absolutely you have to have it on the mat for it to work it doesn't work if it worked over like two feet it would be the most amazing thing ever but you just set it on top of there and it charges i mean it's it's really quite cool um
1: i'm trying to look to see how much it is um i can see it's 50 euros is what it's showing to me Uh, i don't know whether it's detected that i'm in the in the uk yeah it must because mine says 49.90 yeah, for but it's got a euro symbol
0: rather than dollar. Yeah, mine here. has mine has the dollar, so it's definitely. Oh right, the same so it's pounds,
1: bit. pounds for dollars. So yeah, a little bit more expensive over here. It is. I have to yeah. tell you though, uh,
0: so far I've been using it for three weeks, and I'm starting to get into the habit of when I'm done using the iMac, I just simply pick up the mouse and put it on the charger, whether yeah.
1: it needs it or not. Um, but I think I think those sort of batteries. Work better if they're charged more often. Anyway, run the min run right down. So I agree. That's probably a sensible thing to do. Now you but, can uh, buy extra batteries for it too. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't see why you would need to do that. I and mean, if they're rechargeable, they should should last well a hell of a lot longer than your current batteries, anyway. <laughs> uh, I see they've got a um, they've got a thing called the Magic Bar that does the same thing for the wireless keyboard too. Oh, do they? Well, let me look at that. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that. Oh well, look so, at that. That's kind of cool. So that, that, would, that would give you, I mean, it's, it's, you add all that up and it's, it's a lot of money, but um, I suppose if you factor in the cost of buying and, and also recycling batteries over the lifetime you have those devices. I mean, that's one of the things I like about the Apple uh, keyboards is that because they're a bit more expensive, if you go out and buy them retail, um, you know, when you, as you work through your you kind of build up a stock of these things and, they, and they're, they're really good quality, so they're really valuable. You'll have them around for a long time. Um so bearing that in mind, these sort of devices could probably make a lot of sense because over the lifetime of a keyboard, they'll probably pay for themselves. Oh, absolutely. The absolutely. Yeah, I,
0: I totally agree. Um, if you like the Apple keyboard, it's a great idea. <laughs> and that's what I want to talk about next. Uh, and this isn't yeah. a product review of either of these products. I'm just going to say that uh, the Mobi Magic Charger, I didn't have to pay for this, but if I did pay for this, I wouldn't be bummed out at all. I think it's really cool. Uh yeah. you gotta go through a lot of batteries to justify buying this. I mean, sixty bucks is sixty well, fifty bucks is fifty bucks, that's probably three years worth of double A batteries. But just the convenience knowing that you're not gonna run out of battery. That I like that exactly. aspect. Um and like you said, there's always the the recycling thing and you know, green environment and blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's cool though. Ooh. But here's the thing, David When it comes to the Magic Bar, I'm sure it's Equally as cool But I really don't like the Apple keyboards I've had, you know, the, the little Slim aluminum ones I've got yeah. I've got a couple of the wireless ones That are small, and then I've got the extended Keyboard ones with the numeric pad and all that Yeah And I, just, I don't really prefer them at all No uh, I'm not going to say I hate them Hate's a strong word but I don't prefer them. And my typing skills on this keyboard isn't very good. I'm constantly right. looking down at my keyboard. And this goes, by the way, for the MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, and the regular MacBook.
1: Yeah, now I use all these kinds of the same now. Yeah,
0: and, and I don't like these keyboards that much. I, I don't think that they're really conducive for fast writing.
1: I, I, I mean, do you touch type? Or do you? I uh,
0: do, I do, but I can't. Right.
1: Well, I can't touch type as well on these chiclet keyboards. I think that's. I think that's the thing. I've had this conversation with a lot of people in the past, and um, particularly in, in relevance to talking about typing on the iPad. Um, and I can type pretty well on the iPad just using the, the screen, and particularly in landscape mode. But you're the, so you're, but, a, you're a. But, you but, have but to I'm not a it. touch. But I'm not a touch typist. Mm-hmm. You see, so I am tend to be. Look at the keyboard, um, and. Uh, I'm not looking to get tactile feedback from the keyboard to help guide my fingers around, so it doesn't really bother me. And similarly, the Apple keyboards don't really bother me. But I think as a t- if you're a touch typist and you, you kind of, you're using the feel of the keys to kind of guide your, your muscle memory around the keyboard, then that, I think that's very different. And I think probably
0: most people, are, or the majority of people are touch typists. If you've been doing it for a long
1: time, people get used to where the keys are and yeah, they don't have to look I, at the uh, keys. I think probably anybody who's... Uh, you know a little bit younger than us, probably was probably trained like that in school, I, I think nowadays schools just aren 't bothering to teach kids that
0: no, I took typing in ele- or no uh, junior high school, I think seventh or eighth grade, and I failed the class. I was a terrible typist I did yeah. it wasn 't until I got my first Macintosh and soon thereafter started my Mac magazine that I found myself typing a lot that I just picked it up, yeah, and uh, that keyboard back then was a pretty decent keyboard. I I didn't mind it at all. And compared to the new keyboards, I think it's far superior. But getting back on topic, the next product I want to talk about here, David, uh, I'm going to say six months ago, maybe a little longer, I was at Mac Specialist, and one of our engineers, our, our lead engineer actually, named Frank, has, and it took me a while to really look down and notice this at his desk, he has... An old Model M IBM keyboard.
1: Do you remember the Model M's? Yeah, I used to have one. Um, I don't know what happened to it, actually. I think I got rid of it when everything moved from PS2 to USB. But I, I did use to have one. The one with the real big, clicky, yes, kind of tactile uh, key feeling to it. And it was a really nice keyboard.
0: And I looked at that, and I went, oh, my God, that is, thats that's got to be one of the best keyboards that was ever made. And he was like, see, you're just like me, Tim. You get it. And I was like, absolutely. That's an awesome keyboard. And he says, you know, these things still go for sometimes $100 on eBay. I was like you're kidding, and he was like, "Yeah," and you know, they're all that PS2 port, so you have to get a PS2 to USB adapter, mm-hmm. and then even then, there there's some work involved, with mapping keys so they work correctly, and yeah. it's not the greatest solution. But he's an engineer, so you know, it's it's great for him, but for an everyday user, it's not really the the choice of a generation. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You, and, you, you- Yeah, you have to really love your typing to kind of get dig one of these. So I thought I was going to
0: write a column at MyMac comparing some of the quote-unquote best keyboards out there that you can get and which ones would be right for you. And I was really amazed that most of the companies simply weren't interested in participating. That kind of surprised me, you know. It's like, really? You don't want to send a... I'll send you the keyboard back. I'm not asking to keep it. I just want to test these keyboards and see which ones are great and why somebody would want this over the free keyboard that came with their iMac.
1: Yeah. It's a, kind of peculiar, really. You would have thought, particularly if you're in a kind of a niche area, you might want to promote, I, if you have a device like that, you might want to promote it.
0: I won't say the company, but I had one company actually reply and, and say, uh, we don't sell Mac keyboards. And I replied to them and I said, I realize these aren't Mac-specific keyboards, but they will work just fine with a Macintosh. And I think a lot of Mac users would uh, be interested in that. And he wrote back, we're not interested in selling to Mac users.
1: No problem. And so... (laughs) Screw you!
0: I was a little little put off by that. I was like, what? Are you... Really? So I wrote back, I said, yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, Mac users um, demographically spend a lot more money on peripherals than PC users. Uh, they generally have more money and disposable income than an average PC user and why in the heck would you ever want to be in that market and selling to that crowd? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like really
1: No <laughs> oh, man. What are you gonna do though? Yeah, some people have a you know, they have a particular view on customer service and how they want to approach their marketing and you know, maybe you'll still be in business in a year or two time.
0: Maybe. But I I wasn't about to go out and spend, you know, $500 on various keyboards either. I mean, I I love our listeners and our readers, but, you know, (laughs) I don't think I could justify that to my wife. Mm -hmm. So one company, though, was absolutely thrilled with the idea. And I'm in the middle of writing the article for my Mac. So tech fan listeners, you guys are going to get an early preview of my article. And let me pull up this uh, article that I'm writing, because uh, uh, the name of it's going to be called Writer's Bliss. Uh-huh. The Customizer. The Customizer, in this instance, is the name of the keyboard. It's the Customizer 104 slash 105, and it's by a company called PCKeyboard.com. So if you go to PCKeyboards, with an S at the end, .stores.yahoo.net, or just do a Google search; you'll find it. Uh, they sell yeah. a whole bunch of keyboards, and quite honestly, the website looks like it was made in the late '90s. Yeah, it, it's not a very attractive website. It almost looks a little suspect. Like, do I would I really want to send money to this company? I mean,
1: it's really a shady looking website. Well, so I'm sure. I'm sure they're doing a lot more effort on customer service than they are on fancy web graphics. Well I tell you
0: I was quite impressed uh, with the guy's response and he turned right around and sent me the keyboard. Cool. And the reason that, this was the one that I really wanted over the other ones that kind of turned me down and didn't want to participate. And I can understand if, if, if you know someone's going to do a, a comparison and you're not 100% confident in your product, you, maybe you don't want to participate. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's yeah. not a good idea for you. Well, the guys over at PCKeyboards.com were absolutely thrilled. So they sent me the Customizer 104-105. or slash 105. What this is, is, and I'm just going to read it right from their website because it's, it's probably easier. Customizer is the marketing name we've given to our classic IBM-style keyboard. Now available in USB as well as PS2, the Customizer has become one of our most popular models. In uh, various languages, it's only available in black with metallic gray keys. Um, If the uh, classic pearl white color is a must, consider our new Space Saver model. What they really don't say in here, it just says our classic IBM-style keyboard. What they're not explaining, David, is this is almost an exact replica of the Model M. Yeah. But it doesn't just look like the Model M; it types exactly like the Model M. And be honest, David, you know, typing is kind of the whole point of a keyboard.
1: Well, it's, that's that's what it's there for.
0: And uh, it has the buckling springs. And uh, you know, if you're younger than, oh, say, thirty-five, you probably don't get the whole concept of a buckling
1: spring. Yeah, because all the modern keyboards kind of have um, like a plastic squidgy membrane underneath, and that's kind of what they're using to push. Either that or they have like a little plastic leaf spring that's pushing the keys up. Yes. Um, the problem with that, of course, is it, it has a lot of give. It doesn't really give you very much feel, whereas a, having a proper metal spring underneath each key gives it a completely different feel.
0: And And that's where... I found out, quite frankly, that I'm actually still a great and very fast typist. (laughs) Yeah. Because with this customizer keyboard, I can just fly. And there are problems, though, and the problems is noise-related. When I'm in here going at it typing, my wife's going, ugh. And I'll give you an example, David, and you're going to be able to hear this. I'm just going to type out a quick sentence, okay? okay so let me uh move the mic so the listeners get to hear this here we go ah
1: turn it off (laughs) yeah yeah um but you know what on the the plus side that means everyone knows you are working and not just slacking off yeah it, yeah. Uh, they, it's, they do it's have kind of brings one. back the memories of the old
0: typing pool. It, it it does. It does. They the nice thing is if you're interested uh dear listener in this type of keyboard but you're like you know what that sound is a kind of a deal breaker they do have a keyboard um that do, it's exactly like this except for it's quiet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Uh I'm looking up there it's the Oh, I noticed it, and he offered to send me the quiet one, and I was like, "No, space <laughs> saver M." Let me see if that's it. Uh, it's touch and feel, the buckling with the same system audio controls. Blah 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 blah. Uh, maybe that's not it.
1: But anyway, it looks like they, looks they, like do they have, have some. One. Yeah, they do have some um, quiet touch options on all of them. To be honest, uh, so on the space you can.
0: So it is USB. Uh, I know a lot of people can't live without. The F keys on their keyboard that this makes the screen brighter, this turns up the volume. You hit this and it'll play or pause iTunes. You can eject the disc. Um, this keyboard has all that functionality, and I didn't have to change anything. It has an sure. eject key that's not exactly, it's kind of in the middle between the numbers key and the letters, you know, mm-hmm. left and right, right in the middle above the arrow keys. There's an eject key there. Right. Um, You know what? I'm wondering if if this is actually the customizer because I'm looking at it and it looks different than the one in the picture. Uh, Unicomp. uh, It doesn't say. It just says Model M. Unicomp Model M. So I'm wondering if this is the customizer or not. Now I have to go to their website again. and There's a Space Saver Model M. But I don't think this is it because this is anything yeah, no. but a space saver. I mean this is this looks like the I this is the customizer 104-105. Right. So it's a big keyboard. It weighs three times as much as the Apple keyboard.
1: <laughs> yeah, it probably I mean I think the the kind of the micro switch ones have a big metal plate in the bottom. That's all, the one I used to have certainly did. Um and yeah it was it was the same thing you could you could uh If you hit somebody around the head with one of those, they'd know about it. If you look at the
0: keyboard, and, uh, you know, I don't usually look at this keyboard, David. It also has the brightness and, you know, the two keys for making your screen brighter or dimmer. It also has, on the F3 key, it actually has typed out expose, and on the F4 key, it says dashboard on it. And sure enough, if I hit that, dashboard comes up.
1: So, uh... The real test of whether a key be, whether a, um, an Apple fan is going to be happy with a with a keyboard, is the um, down down by the shift at the bottom left. No, does it does it have a ha- Windows symbol, or does it have a Command symbol? It just ha- it says Command. All right, okay, so that fine, so that would do it. You know, um, I have to be honest,
0: David. Um, I love 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 this keyboard. I didn't. They didn't tell me if I had to send it back or not. But if uh, I have to, I'm not not going to, and I'm going to send them. This is a $79 keyboard, which I consider very, very inexpensive. Especially if you're a typist and you don't like the current crop of keyboards out there, whether you're using a Mac or a PC, I don't care. This is Mm -hmm. simply the best keyboard I've used and that I've owned in many, many, many years seriously i mean it's just fantastic i i can't give it a, a high enough rating you know Very at cool. my mac we do a 10 a point system this is going to be a 12 out of 10 i mean it's
1: yeah <laughs> it's just that good day eh? it, it is definitely that worth good. the money if that's what you if that's what your thing is
0: and i think i think keyboards are the one area that most computer users allow deficiencies in you you buy a three thousand dollar computer system and it's fabulous and you're so happy with it and it comes with a crummy keyboard and we just accept that. I don't think we should accept that, David. I don't think I think if the keyboard's crappy, companies need to be called out on that. This is a crappy keyboard. I don't care how stylish and neat it looks on my desk. Functionality wise, it's terrible compared to a keyboard from the eighties.
1: I mean, oh, they're de- yeah, they're definitely they're definitely um, you know there's a real preference thing there. Um, and you know, one man's meat is gonna be another man's poison. I for instance, here at, here at work I use a Logitech De novo Mac edition keyboard that's uh, wireless absolutely fantastic. got a really nice feel. It's nowhere near as good as the the old IBM ones, but compared to a lot of keyboards it's it's very good. But you know, I mean I'm I'm looking across the desk at one now. We have loads of Dell and Microsoft keyboards knocking around the office here and um they're just, you know, they're built really down to a price, and that price is not very much at all. Yeah, and uh,
0: that's the and, thing. And
1: it is kind of crazy to have such an expensive computer and then have a relatively cheap keyboard, um, which, you know, is it's a false economy. It's like people who, who go out and buy a really big gaming rig PC or something like that, and then plug it into a lousy monitor. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you are those. That's that's how you're interfacing to the computer, and it should, you know, have a relatively equal amount of Financial effort spent on it rather than something that that was built for three dollars in some Chinese factory somewhere
0: now I know that uh there's probably some listeners thinking really you guys are at a, almost a half hour now in the show and you're talking uh, about charging stations for your mouse and keyboards, but I think these are things that are very overlooked um yeah. by most tech enthusiasts they don't even they don't even think about keyboards and mice and roller balls and
1: yeah. Magic you know what? I think that's fine. Um, I don't want to diss anybody who does who isn't interested in these topics. You know, if if you can get by and get as much computing experience out of a cheap five dollar keyboard, or whatever's bundled with a Mac or whatever, then that's brilliant. You know, that's great for you. the The point is, is one of the one of the great things about loving tech and loving gadgets is <laughs> spending an insane amount of um, sales selection effort and sometimes money and that sort of thing on things that give you an incrementally pleasurable experience from the stuff you use. And that's kind of, you know, it's, it's just like a, like a, you know, a petrol head who, who will derive a massive amount of pleasure out of, um, you know, putting just the right air filter in his car because it gives him, you know, three more horsepower or just a slightly different note to the engine. It's the same sort of thing. I totally agree.
0: And, uh, you know what though, for 80 bucks, $79, I, I, if if you're listening out there and you're thinking, you know, I remember those IBM keyboards. I don't remember them being as great as Tim is saying. That's probably because it's been a long, long, long time since you've used one of those keyboards. And you've come to accept um, an inferior product. Simply yeah. because it's new and simply because it matches your computer. I don't give a crap, David, whether my keyboard matches my computer or my mouse. I don't care. It's mm. it's a functional, it's an input device and to me this is i don't think any keyboard has improved on the the IBM Model M and the reason it was such a good keyboard is because you got to remember back IBM was the king of typewriters by far they sold more keyboard or typewriters than anybody and yeah. IBM put a lot of and when i say a lot i mean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in designing the IBM keyboards for those typewriters. So when it came time for them to make a computer, a PC, they actually went to the people who made the keyboard on those typewriters and had them design a keyboard for the computer. They wanted that same kind of tactile sensation, that kind of ingenuity. They they owned the, the typewriter market. They wanted to own the keyboard market. And I think they did. And, and these keyboards were virtually indestructible. If you remember any businesses back in the 80s and the 90s, where they were using dumb terminals or IBM PCs, you always saw the Model M type of keyboard.
1: Yeah. That, that well,
0: beige, ugly,
1: but you could just beat on them forever. Yeah. And, and the th- again, the thing is, the reason they still hold their value is because um, you can't get them so easily anymore. Well, you can. Uh, you, you, yeah. But what I'm saying is you can't, you can't, I mean, you can't go down to Best Buy and buy one. Mm-mm. Um and uh, days gone by, you know, a lot of people threw them out because uh, the connections changed on the PCs. Yep,
0: yep. And the the PS2 port is just it's well, a you got to remember even
1: even the PS. I mean, the one I had didn't even have a PS2 port, on it had a it had the bigger DIN um, connector on it. Yeah, with the corded.
0: Uh, yeah, coiled, with the coiled cable.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, and I, now I'm thinking back. That's why I got rid of it because I I couldn't connect it to anything anymore. Yep, yeah,
0: and, that, and that's a valid reason, but. I'm so glad a company has stepped up to the plate and is making one of the greatest keyboards of all time. And I think it's a shame that most computer users have absolutely no idea you can get such a quality keyboard
1: today for relatively,
0: well, less than 100 bucks.
1: Uh, and actually, that is a good price. I'm just looking at the uh, Matthias website. And Matthias um, have long done a, a keyboard called the Tactile Pro that tries to emulate the um, the original IBM sort um, the original Apple extended keyboard, that also is quite well regarded, and and I've never tried the tactile price, so I can't comment on how good it is. But I can see here it's one hundred fifty dollars, so double the price of the one you've got. Exactly. Well, I,
0: IBM actually licensed the rights to the Model M out to Lexmark years ago, yeah. and then Lexmark turned around and licensed it out to a company called Unicomp, and I don't know. Who Unicomp is, but I do know that this is the keyboard and it's based off of the Model M. It's not, oh, we try to make it like the Model M. No, this yeah. is a Model M. This is the yeah. current incarnation of that keyboard. And, you know, if you want a good keyboard, I'm going to recommend this highly. Go up to mymac.com. Uh, what show is this again, David? I forget. Uh, 32? 32. Yeah. yeah. Go to show notes in number 32. And seriously, Click the link, look at the keyboard. If you're at all interested, it's not much money, buy it. Um, let them know you heard it here on TechFan if you want when you order it. I don't know if they give you that option. I didn't actually order it there, so I, I can't say. But it, it's you won't regret it. If you have fond memories of this keyboard from your younger days, <laughs> you will not be disappointed, I promise. So let's get off keyboards. Let's get off some mice. Uh, another subject, David. And, and by the way, for, you, for those listening... I, I gave David absolutely no warning on what we were talking about today. <laughs> he, he had no idea an hour ago we were going to be talking about charging stations for mice
1: and uh, keyboards. Yeah, and, and in fact, I did ask before we start, and you said, just, just go
0: with it. Yeah, just follow my lead. <laughs> uh, and this is another subject that gets a lot of airplay, but I don't think a lot of people take it to the extent that others have. And I have, I'm right in the middle, and it's the paperless office. You remember, David, when computers really started um, taking off, that was kind of the big buzzword, the, the paperless office. So after our break, David and I are going to talk about the paperless office and some options and why you might want to do this. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Looking for in-depth coverage of the Mac universe? How about hard-hitting interviews with industry leaders with all the questions you want to ask? Or detailed product reviews
1: for programs costing thousands of dollars? Then you should definitely find something other than the MyMac.com podcast. The MyMac.com podcast is the show for every Mac user. Fun, entertaining, with news reviews and interviews with people just like you, who want more from a podcast than just talking heads.
0: Find us on iTunes by doing a search for my Mac and get ready for a good time. I used to like talking heads. So David, the paperless office sounds like a great idea, but it's a huge amount of work. And when I say paperless office, I don't mean uh, we don't send actual letters anymore. We don't use a fax machine. We use email and PDF and stuff like that. I'm talking about getting rid of the paper in your home and going with electronic formats.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, because still, it's still very convenient. It is. Uh, you know, it doesn't need batteries. <laughs> <laughs> well. It doesn't. It doesn't need backing up.
0: And, and you don't <laughs> no, have to worry about. Happening. You don't have to worry about backwards compatibility down the road.
1: No, yeah. not mostly. Um, um, but having having said that, it's not very tidy, is it?
0: No. <laughs> One of the things my wife loves, 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 loves to save the old school work for the kids. She thinks that. Yeah when they're in their 40s and 50s they're going to it's this is going to be like a treasure trove for them that they're going to oh, they're going to go through all this yeah. stuff that they did in the 5th grade and look oh my god look at this picture I did when I was 8 um, personally I think they're going to look at it and go huh they'll look through it once and go wow yeah that was cool but she's saving like everything right and I'm not saying she's a pack rat I'm just saying she's sentimental and so a couple years ago even she was starting to admit that this is getting a little ridiculous And she said, what do you think about scanning some of this stuff in to the computer and putting it on disks and stuff? And then we'll just keep the disks rather than the actual papers. And I said, absolutely fantastic idea. Make it so. Yeah. But the problem there, David, is the make it so part is literally hours and hours and hours of scanning, naming stuff, saving stuff, burning it to disk. It's not an easy or quick project.
1: No, the, the problem is is that just in the same way that if you have a big pile of paper that hasn't been sourced and filed and put away, you, you can convert that to digital, but you still need to source it, file it, and put it away somewhere. So yeah, absolutely. Plus you've, plus you've got the added overhead that you've got to convert it to electronically, which means you've got to feed it through some sort of device as well. And you have to also
0: think about, for the future, are people going to be able to open a PDF file in 20 years? Yeah, I mean, if you would have wrote something in AppleWorks format twenty five thirty years ago on an Apple II, you know, chances are you're not going to be able to open that on a modern computer, especially if you saved it to like at a five and a half inch drive. I mean, good l- good luck.
1: Yeah, and and even for, I mean, you you could turn and say, "Oh, PDF will never get away." It's too you know, Adobe are too big. It's too prevalent a format. But you know, you could have said that fifteen years ago about WordPerfect. And if I gave you a WordPerfect final floppy disk now, I, you know, I'd give you at least half an hour before I try and help you out opening it. <laughs> at least. <laughs> that's, that's
0: being optimistic. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of my point. You've got to think about how you're going to open these documents in the future. Do you actually want to save it in a format that the text is edible? So if that's yeah. the case, you have to run it through a, a, a scanner and then OCR software, on-screen recognition. So it picks up the computer will in the program that words are words and pictures are pictures. That way you can to, do
1: a search yeah. and find the text. But then you've got to go through it and find the mistakes and the things it chokes on, and you know the that, technology. That's,
0: that's a, yeah, the technology is really not there yet. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's it's just not convenient. It's not fast. It's a big pain in the butt, and computers are still dumb when it comes to stuff like that. You yeah, know what I mean? They're, they're just dumb. Now, there is, a, can, there is other options. You could take pictures of stuff and save it as pictures, but, yeah really? I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah again, again, if you – look, any of this stuff, if you're going to do it in volume, you need equipment. You need to be able to do it at a high speed, and most of us aren't really geared up to do that. You know, you pick up your SLR and start taking – Photos of individual pages of pictures and that
0: sort of thing. You're going to
1: be there all day. You're going to be, oh, all, all month.
0: <laughs> uh, I have a Fujitsu s- scan snap that I've had for, I'm going to say, seven or eight years. And it still works great. They've got newer models mm-hmm. that are faster and uh, and all that. But i I got to be honest. I, it's a handy little thing for scanning documents. Yeah. Um, it's and not is, designed for pictures or anything like that. Just It's, it's a document scanner.
1: Is that the one that uh, has got the sheet feed and will scan both sides at the same time? And yes, absolutely. Kind of op- it's optimized for high volume. Uh,
0: not too high volume. This is more of the consumer model. Right. Uh, I think I could load in maybe 10 pages at once and it'll do it. Uh-huh. Um, I don't use it as often as I probably should, to be quite honest. I don't have the perfect solution when it comes to eliminating a lot of the paperwork in my house. But it's one of those things that I'm very interested in, in exploring further and finding the correct, at least for us, my family, uh, solution. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to ask the people that are out there listening, and I know that there's going to be some people out there that's done this or that are currently doing this or have thought about it, what is your solution? How are you, how are you tackling these problems? Uh, naming conventions? Um, The actual process of scanning, do you like, okay, you know, every week I'm going to sit aside one hour to scan stuff? Um, I I don't know. I'm looking for help. I'm looking for advice from other people.
1: Yeah. I think I know the best answer. It's hire a (laughs) PA.
0: Yeah. Well, that's probably not going to happen. Not anytime soon. But, no, I think it's a real problem. I think it's one of these things that, A lot of people would like to get to the paperless... And I keep saying paperless office. Maybe I should say paperless home. Maybe that's more Mm -hmm. appropriate. In that you've got a lot of legalese crap and letters and stuff that you want to keep a copy of, but you don't necessarily want to be filling up bins in your basement or your crawl space or your attic of the stuff that you're just never going to go through easily, But you do need to keep a copy of it. And obviously scanning and saving it on your computer is the way to go. Of course, you need backup. (laughs) you you got to have those documents backed up elsewhere, not just sitting on your hard drive because your hard drive is eventually going to fail.
1: And you need to be able to find it again. Well, one of the things I'm I'm always saying to members of my family who are really great at stacking up huge tottering piles of paper and then eventually when they get too big, they stick them in a box and sling the box somewhere. And I would say if you can't find, if you don't know what's in that pile, you might as well just throw it away. Yep, it doesn't Because you're exist. never going to find it again. Yep, <laughs> so, yeah. you're absolutely right. So, and, and it's the same with digital stuff as well. I know the, the digital... Um, can often be easy to search. But unless you can recover those documents by uh, by locating them, and, uh, you know, I, I can struggle to find an email in, in Gmail that saves everything I've ever received and sent. And yet, you know, if you don't have the right keywords in your mind, you can't actually find the particular mail, even even with the powerful search tools you've got with Google. I wonder if there is a
0: – and obviously cloud-based storage is eventually going to be the solution, but my problem with that is if what happens if that company goes out of business. I know a lot of people are assuming that Google's a safe bet, but you never know. You just never know. Word perfect. And there you go. Word perfect. (laughs) Exactly. That's a a perfect metaphor. Um, I don't know. I mean, is, is the solution finding a really good program that will actually scan it in and then you could type in a description and a title? But then you're stuck in that format, and five years from now, that that program probably isn't going to exist, and it's not going to be compatible.
1: Yeah. I I think, ultimately, the only way this is going to be solved is by going back to what you said a few months ago. You said computers are still pretty dumb. Until you have a computer that works the way we do, but with the power of a computer, the infinite memory and the ability to search quickly and store things without you worrying about it, this problem isn't going to be solved. You know, whenever... Whenever you you look on Star Trek, whenever they need to find something, they just ask the computer, and the computer tells them the answer. They they basically have a conversation with an artificial intelligence that gives them the answer. That's what we need. We need something that works that works mentally like we do, but is a computer. And until we get to that, you know, uh, and then you could just give it the documents, it would read them and burn them, and it would know everything that would, that it had ever read.
0: Uh, I think you got a good weekend project ahead of you then. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's right. I'll just knock <laughs> it. I'll just knock it up on my iPhone. Take Good. By
0: the time this show goes minutes, live yeah. later today, it ought to be done. <laughs> yeah, it's going to have to be an iPhone app. You you got to get
1: paid <laughs> for it, David.
0: It's it can't be. <laughs> um, but you know that's another aspect of it, David. The portability that we all enjoy with these. It, it's a miracle what these devices can do. It yeah. really is. It's amazing. We can access, I could be walking downtown and think, oh, I, I wonder where, um, I, I can't even think of a, a good question. I wonder how to make a zucchini bread. And I can literally, within moments, pull out this magical little device out of my pocket, type my question in, and have an answer with pictures of what it would look like. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's amazing. And we just... This generation just takes it for granted so
1: much. And and actually, the the flip side of that is become so dependent on it. Um, you know, they can't cope without it. So that, you know, they, uh, skills that we used to take for granted, like being able to ring around a whole pile of companies from the phone book and actually locate things, um, we can't do anymore because we're just not used to doing it. You know, we, so, we, if you, again, if you can't find it on Google, you kind of assume, well, it doesn't exist. Um, even though if you actually picked up the telephone and made a couple of calls and spoke to some real people, you might be able to get the answers to, uh, to the particular problem you need.
0: I agree with you. It, it does go both ways, but we have these portable devices We're in where we, we want all of our information at our fingertips. So how do you tie in all of this document scanning and going paperless and be able to access it with your portable device? Yeah, that that's a whole other aspect. Mm. I think it's a big problem. Uh, maybe not a problem. It's a big challenge. Let's let's say challenge instead of problem. But it's one that I would love to see solved. Yep. And it, it probably won't happen anytime soon.
1: Well, one step at a time. You that's know, true. We'll, our our uh, grandchildren and great grandchildren will probably go and go. You know they'll be listening back to these shows in the archives, and they'll be going, "What were they moaning about?" This is just so easy. Yeah, you <laughs> I doubt if they, they won't have the ability to play MP three. They'll, they'll "Yeah, they'll they'll say what what you had to you had to think about these things." Now we just literally think, and the answer pops up in our in our eyeballs. That's right. And I just five
0: seconds ago, I, I did a whole hours worth of recording on a, on a show. It only takes us five minutes. We just think it now, and it it yeah. assembles it and. Everyone else that subscribes to our RSS feed, they immediately got our thoughts and they consumed the entire show in five minutes. (laughs) That'd be kind of scary, actually. I don't think I would like that.
1: No, I don't think so either.
0: Um, It's amazing what you can find online nowadays, David. Did you know there's a a bunch of websites that actually go to grave sites and catalogs who's buried there, what the dates are. And post that, and sometimes takes pictures of the gravestone and posts them online. And you can literally search and find gravestones of people that it's, it's amazing. I was looking up um, a relative who died in 1974, and I, I don't want to get into the whole story why this was kind of the thing I was looking for, but I actually found a, her and her gravestone on a website. I I couldn't believe it. I didn't even and know this was a project that people were doing out there. And it, and it's and it's worldwide. They're doing it all around the world. I I was I was mesmerized. I spent like 2 hours on this website one night just looking up names and sure enough I would find people who had died hundreds of years ago. They and here's a picture of the gravestone. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It's amazing the stuff that we can find online
1: now. I mean, who would have ever thought that would have been a thing yeah i agree it's um i mean i guess for every uh for every um you know kind of weird concept that that can have somebody thinks of it and then goes off and does it i must admit i had no idea you could do this
0: now imagine an iphone app that you're at a graveyard and you can pull up this app and know everybody who was buried there and I mean, people are just volunteering their time to, to supply the information. Yeah. And, yes. and then takes it one step further. How do you, and then start tying that to like family trees and stuff. I mean, it's just,
1: it's amazing. We've, it's, it's interesting you say about the availability of information. We've just had a, um, a, a news story here in the last couple of weeks. We have a, a, a legal system here which allows you to take something called a super injunction out. And a super injunction is a, is a an injunction that you pay a lawyer to get from a judge that not only um, grants a you the right to a story not being written about you, but also it grants you the right to not have anybody tell anyone that you have an injunction. So, for instance, if you're – and this is what's happened. If you're a, a celebrity and you've had an affair with somebody – and you go and get one of these super injunctions, not only can a newspaper not write that you had the affair, but they're not allowed to write that you have an injunction preventing them from writing about the affair. So effectively the whole thing kind of disappears. Uh, And this has caused a lot of controversy here because um, obviously you have to be quite rich to get a lawyer who can get you one of these things and have a certain amount of public influence. And basically it's been an accusation that that this is, uh, you know, this is... um, You got one, didn't you? (laughs) <laughs> if i had i couldn't tell you about i couldn't it. tell you about it <laughs> um the uh the the thing is obviously you know it it means it means the the very rich get ultra privacy and, the, and nobody else does you know so this has been kind of bubbling away uh, what somebody did a couple of weeks ago is they, they just said, well, nobody knows who I am on Twitter. So they just started tweeting the details of these injunctions ah. it's for, <laughs> for everyone to That's see. That's
0: interesting.
1: And, and, it, and, of course, it makes the whole thing invalid because you can't prosecute anybody for that. Um, and by the same token, now everybody knows the details of who had the super injunctions and what they did or hmm. what they allegedly did. So,
0: um, And then you take that one step further. Well, that may be the law in the UK I'm an American citizen. I don't care what one of your judges say. I'm still going to write about it.
1: That's so that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. So
0: the boundaries, uh, between the haves and the have nots. Um, and it used to be money and knowledge. Now it's just money because the knowledge has been, it's out there. You
1: can't stop it anymore. Yeah. I mean, look, WikiLeaks is another good example. If, uh, Somebody has the wherewithal in the world to publish information, then it will probably get published.
0: Yeah, whether you like it or not, whether yeah. it's it's a good idea or not. It's it, it's almost immaterial, whether it was a good idea for WikiLeaks to do what they did or not. I think the bigger story is they could do it, and it's information, and information really does want to be out there. I mean, that's, that's well, kind of the point of it. Yeah. In, people want information
1: to be out there, is is what I would say. And people, um, other people don't want it to be out there. Yeah, yeah, and there's always got to be a balance. Um, but but you know, certainly the the technology we have nowadays makes information much more easy to get by. So how do we
0: how do we tie it all together, David? We tie it in together that people are using this great IBM Model M keyboard to type up information they don't want anybody to use. That's getting put on Twitter. <laughs> right. See how we kind of, we go back to the beginning and and they're charging their mouse while they're Twittering. So, (laughs) oh man. Yeah. We're going to have a, a, I think it's probably time to get another guest on the show. Um, Yeah. I've got a couple of people who's emailed in saying that they would like to be on the show. So we're going to, I'm going to work on that. I'm not going to say any names yet because I don't want to, you know, embarrass anybody if they can't um, come on uh one person is really interested in coming on talking video games and i gotta be quite honest cool. david i haven't been playing a lot of video games lately
1: no i've not had much time either and you know i i talked about portal 2 a few weeks ago yeah um i've not really had much of a chance to do anything else since then in fact i got i got a couple of games for my birthday i haven't even opened yet so i had um, a
0: friend um give me a copy of halo reach and I really that's
1: one of that's one of the games I have yeah (laughs) I
0: I, want to play it but um, when we have time to play video games my kids are usually up and they are way into Lego Pirates of the Caribbean which just came out like a week ago and uh, or two weeks ago and I bought it for them and they I've said this before on the show they love the Lego games on um, the Lego Batman Lego Star Wars Lego Indiana Jones they just love the Lego games and this is yet an it's it's the same game as we've been playing for 6 years but yeah. it's fun they they really are digging it um it's it's kind of funny I, you know i spend a lot of time at work and i'm in, my work is in chicago so i'm away from home 3 or 4 days a week and i will get when i'm talking to my wife my kids are in the background saying hey dad we unlocked this for you because sure. i'm the one that will play through the regular level to unlock yeah. the free play, and then they have all the fun in free play, right. and they're the ones unlocking everything, and then when they unlock something, they unlocked it for me. Yeah. <laughs> that cracks me up.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: But it's just one of those uh, family things that we really enjoy, and I think yes. it's, it's harmless fun. You know what I mean?
1: It's cool. Funnily enough, actually, the one game I have played a lot of recently, um, just because I've had lots of of little bits of spare time, is Field Runners on the iPhone. Oh, that's Um, a good game. And and my son kind of saw what I was doing, and he started looking over my shoulder, and uh, before I knew it, my wife had really gotten into it on her phone, and I... (laughs) Here's the disappointing thing: she's much, much better at it than, than you I am are. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah, she's 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 in, in you know the kind of progress it's taken me six months to get in the game. She's done in like about a week and a half. Uh,
0: but yeah, but she was asking you questions during no. that time. No,
1: <laughs> she just goes, "Oh, look at this," and she holds her phone up, and you know she has this amazing field of death set up.
0: <laughs> and you're just like. I, I didn't think of that <laughs> yeah. there's uh there was one game I kind of got into on the iPod or the ipad for a while um and then my uh one of my older daughters was playing it on her iphone it's called Battle heart and yeah
1: i i have that i haven't had a chance to play much it's, it it's
0: it's really fun the more you play it the more you wanna play it and yeah. uh that's a game I would definitely recommend it's a lot of fun um yeah, and it has this whole leveling up series uh, system to it. Um, I like it. And, and the funny yeah. thing was she was on a bus going to Chicago where I actually already was yeah. for a school trip. And she sent me a text that said, what level do I get to upgrade my wizard to teleport?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and I thought, okay, I see what I'm good for. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's true. You are, you are just basically a game fact.
0: That's right. I am at that <laughs> point. Absolutely. So we should probably wrap up this episode. We're getting close to an hour here, David. Uh, I think it was a great episode for uh, for Tech Fan. This is the kind of show that we're not going to break out these kind of topics on every episode. And that's the nice thing about TechFan, that we're not tied to any one type of show. That yeah. we really can say, hey, this is interesting right now, and let's talk about it. So yeah. we're going to have a show on video games soon.
1: That's right. special they- guest. Next week, I think we should do gold plated USB connectors. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and and how important it is to spend a lot more money for an HDMI cable through Monster right. <laughs> yeah. rather than a cheap one that does yeah, exactly right. the same thing for a, Eight, a tenth yeah. of the cost.
1: $80 digital cables. Oh, disgust. my God.
0: <laughs> I think we just had that discussion. Yeah. <laughs> and it's don't do it. So... Anyways, David, I'm going to let you go. You have a great week, uh, weekend, and I'll see you a week. Well, uh, that's a problem. I'm working
1: uh, next Friday. That's I, okay. I can't do next Friday either, so we'll, we'll so have to sort of scheduling this.
0: Yeah, weekend. yeah. We'll have to tough scheduling. Uh, maybe we'll do an earlier show. Um, maybe we'll skip a show, or maybe I'll do a show solo. We'll figure it out. Okay. All right.